Welcome to 90 and a little extra. My name is Adeyemi Adesoya. I have to say Happy New Year to everyone that follows this podcast. Um, apologies that we haven't had an episode since the NBA Finals when we had uh, Moses, Ulumose, Ulumose and uh, Michael Mark uh, from Toronto. We're talking about how what the effect of the Toronto Raptors winning the NBA um, would have on... Um, basketball as a whole in Canada. But today, once again, like we've done before, um, we have Tosi Kiemi, a sports lawyer and a friend of the house. Um, Tosi is one of those pushing the narrative, changing the narrative and pushing the envelope for um, sports law, sports lawyers to get engaged and his um, firm doing some really good work, representing some good people and getting justice for, for those out there. So um, let me f- welcome Tosi Akiemi. Tosi, welcome to Night and Little Extra once again. This is your second time on the show. Yes, good morning, Mr. Adisoya. It's nice to be here. Happy New Year to everyone out there. All right. Uh, thank you, Tosi. Uh, as always, like I said, Tosi is reaching us from Akure in Ondo State. Uh, I think we are thankful for his uh, presence and also through the network that seems to be very clear today. So let's get down to it. Today we'll be talking about the LMCs, that's the league management company, the guys side responsibility of running the Nigeria Professional Football League. Uh, we'll be looking at their regulations and this episode will be in two parts. We will take one part today and then we'll take another part later. Uh, the statues are quite extensive, quite big, and uh, it's also deep. What we want to look at is just look at certain sections, look at it, review it, and let people know how far the guys running the league are falling short in, fall, in following their status and regulations, or how well it is that they're also pushing um, the regulation, affecting it, and ensuring that um, the rules are followed to the letter. So, Tosin, are you ready for me? Yes. You have a very long day. But my first question to you would be, you know, laws are changed from time to time to fit uh, circumstances, situations, uh, change in um, behavior, change in uh, you know circumstances of a country, company, association, and what have you. I'm correct, right? Yes. So my question right. is this: What would it take those running our football to effect the changes to review the LMC status and regulations to reflect current trends? Okay, um, as far as I know, uh, I know that the LMC usually from time to time review the regulations, even though it's not uh, at every time that they make that available on their website, which I would say should not be so, because such regulations should actually be made available to members of the public, other lawyers, athletes, clubs, that anybody can easily assess. Having said that, you to an extent it's not every time 
So for instance, on the LMC website at the moment, the latest which they have is the 2018-2019 uh, framework and rules of the MPFL, which shouldn't be so. Now, back to your question, I think it's all about uh, that willingness to always do things the right way. For instance, uh, I, feel, I, I feel by this time, the LMC should know that every year they are supposed to make amendments to these regulations to fit the new uh, the changes which occur in the league and to keep up with the international best practices. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, FIFA usually amend, such um, and other football associations in other countries also amend. And at no time have I ever seen that when such amendments are supposed to be made, or let's say when a new version is supposed to be released, they are found wanting. Like on the FIFA website, every June 20, sorry, May 20, uh, May every year, you know you find a new version of the RSTP. That's the mm-hmm. on the status and transfer of players. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about this willingness to always want to do things the right way. Because uh, right now we are in 2020, and the latest version of the MPFL rules, which you find on the website, is 2018-2019, which shouldn't be so. Hmm. So are you saying that, um, for me, I, I always feel that I think the major issue here is uh, is political will. Um, I, I just feel that the guys running our football don't have the political will to you know, to effect the change. Uh, let me give you an example, for instance. Uh, as, it, as, as it involves crowd trouble, hooliganism, I think yes. that the regulations are too, too weak, you know, okay. um, to stamp out um, hooliganism. Okay, so I'll give you an example. More okay. often than not, what they do is um, they... The banish teams or supposedly suspend three points, find them, and that's that. Nothing outside that is done. And I feel that with the way our football, you know, is structured, it's about time that, um, you know, certain changes should have been made. You know, I'm one that is particular about, um, you know, uh, points deduction. But still, we still keep going in the same circle. So my, my, my major take is that maybe it's the political will that is lacking. Okay, in respect of um, such instances or circumstances like fan violence and rest of them, I think there are adequate provisions for that as far as uh, the LMC framework is concerned. But I think the problem would be implementing such provisions beyond maybe fines. Because for some years now, obviously clubs have been fined by the LMC when there have been instances of violence by their own fans. Mm-hmm. But that seems to stop such things reoccurring. Now, if one looks at um, a section of the LMC framework under disciplinary powers. Mm-hmm. The LMC actually have a long list of uh, sanctions which can be meted against clubs 
who fall foul of any of the provisions of the LMC rules. And one of those sanctions which can be given is actually includes a deduction of fine and even expulsion from the league or any other MPFA organized activities. So I would say is it, it would depend on the LMC going beyond finding maybe a club. Perhaps if they move further to giving heavier bans on clubs, then maybe such instances of violence by their fans would stop, at least reduce. Yeah, but I'm saying that um, what they always tell us is that they can't punish clubs outside what the regulation uh, provides. And I'm of the impression that, you know, I, I don't agree with that. I'm of the impression that, look, over time, this approach has not worked. Maybe it's about time you um, make changes to, to reflect the issues that the league is, you know, that the league, have, the league is facing as it's constituted today. You get. So, for instance, if every season hmm, I we find Katsina United for crowd violence, and in that, that every season we tell them we three three points suspended, we banish them or they play behind closed doors, you know. By the following season, when they do it again, the the way they do it, they forget about that. These same guys had an issue last season, mm-hmm. and then more or less treated as if you know it's fresh. So, for instance, I do know that Casino United in the last two seasons, I, I may be wrong, but I've had issues of crowd violence in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. But now they, they had an issue with the uh, Caterpillars just recently. Yes. The NMC hasn't said anything about that up till now. We expect that. Give them for Jeta because the game was played on Wednesday. So hopefully by today, we'll get something from the NMC. Okay. But I, I don't I expect that it will be anything outside what their status and regulations uh, provides. Provide for I totally understand you. Now, if the defense has been given by the LMC and maybe some other officials has been that they can't go beyond the rules, which is uh, maybe finding a club that's hurt in respect of violence, then I don't think that would be a proper defense. The reason being that if we look at section C of the LMC rules, particularly um, articulating of that section C. Okay. It gives a list, yes, it gives a list of sanctions that can be um, issued against clubs, that maybe clubs or even players that have actually gone against the provision of the LMC rules. And if you look at, um, sorry. Okay, if you look at, it goes further at article 19 to say where there is a repeated or aggravated breach of these rules. The nature of such repeated or aggravated breach shall be taken into consideration with a view to imposing more severe sanctions or sanctions. These are contained in the LMC rules. 
except and that's why i feel these provisions if one looks at them closely these provisions are already there it is only if such officials or maybe the league body does not want to implement them that we would have a problem like which we are having but to say that they do not have the power is something i may not agree with now if one looks at that article 18 of that section c mm-hmm. one of the punishments which are being included which sorry which are included are um a reprimand fine cancellation of match forfeiture or de- deduction of points mm-hmm. order for a club to play any number of its own matches behind closed doors mm-hmm. movement of a club to a different venue and mm-hmm. so on ban on stadium suspension of fans so there is a list a, a list of all other sanctions which can be meted and particularly this article 19 for the instance which you are giving as per Casina United, mm. one would see that the LMC, if they really want to do that, can impose more as a, a, a severe sanction on the club if they really want to. So yeah. I think it's more about yeah, the willpower to, yeah, exactly. to exactly. do that rather than the absence of such provisions. I well I I think I think the, the provisions from the status as it is stated today, right, does not okay. solve okay. the problem. It's not working. And when it's not working, if something is not working, what do you do? You fix it. So it's about time that it's about time that they fixed, you know, fix the problem. And in fixing the problem means make some changes. Hmm? You have to make some changes. If, if it's not working, if you banish clubs, you close their stadium, giving them fines, I think it's about time that they amend. Or even get relegated. Yeah. You see, they have now, look at it, under, uh, I think, subsection uh, 18.6, you have forfeiture or deduction of points. Hmm? But they don't do that. Yes. They don't do it. It's there. Forfeiture or deduction of points. They don't. What they do every year is suspended. They suspend, you know, the points. But I'm saying that it's about time that they start effecting this forfeiture or deduction of points. That, I think, will go a long way in sanitizing or sensitizing the whole uh, league. The clubs know that if we flout the rules, if we go violent, if we beat referees, we'll be deducted points. And once you are deducted points, you know that with the way the MPFL is structured, you are likely to be relegated. Relegated. Even the fans will bear that in mind. Exactly. Because if you are trying to save, if you are trying to save your club points by protesting and the rest of them, and you end up making your club to lose points, then they wouldn't do that again. And in addition, I think apart from the LMC rules, perhaps Nigeria should start looking at some of the things which obtain in other parts of the Exactly. World. So for instance, in the UK, there's... Yes. For instance, in the UK, there's the Football Offences Act, which, apart from the sanctions which can be meted against clubs, the state, as the government itself, has power to uh, institute criminal proceedings against fans and uh, maybe uh, yes, fans of, uh, of of a club that 
carry out violent conduct, maybe against uh, officials, against other fans and the rest of them. In fact, in the UK, a fan can be banned for as long as 10 years from going to any match venue if found convicted. Even if his club has a, a, a match elsewhere, let's say uh, the fan is a fan of uh, a club in Lagos and the club in Lagos will be traveling to Abuja for a football match. That fan cannot even travel to Abuja, even if he is not going to attend that match. He can't be within a particular radius of the match. Oh, yes. And I think once people, once such, yes, once such laws are in place, that people know that this is beyond football. This is also, you know, this can also be covered by criminal actions against students. I think that that's part of what can help to solve some of these issues in Nigerian football. Okay, let's go to uh, one section that I think the LMC has started their own rules. And that should be in section A, uh, uh, subsection 5.4, which has to do with change of name. Um, are you are you there? Um, Starts to do with change of name. Yes, I'm there. Okay, so they said uh, subsection four, five point four one says no club shall be permitted to change its name, i.e., the name under which the club competes in the MPFL, or under which it gained promotion to the MPFL, as recorded in the applicable legislation forms except with prior written permission of the board. The subsection 2 says, any application for a change of name must be received by the NFC not less than six months before the end of a season in order for it to be considered by the board for adoption in the following playing season. So, we have the case of Aqua Starlet who are now known as Dakada FC. Dakada. I'm sure it is, the NMC didn't receive that letter in six months. Which is clearly against the rules. Which is a contravention of their own rules. Yeah, because if one looks at the rule, one, one will find out that the spirit behind that rule is this. At the beginning of the season, the LMC must have received an application six months before the beginning of that season, such that at the beginning of the season, a club is starting with a new name. And uh, I know at some point during the season, uh, I wouldn't know if you can confirm that, I think Aqua Scarlet actually started with that name. It was at, at a point which they got the name changed to Dakada uh, FC, which is clearly against the rules. So it's still all about the, having the real power to enforce this provision. Enforce the, the, the law. Hmm. Hmm. You know, my problem is how do we how do we sell um, this league to investors to sponsors if at every turn we flout the rules. How is this league sellable if at every turn, you know, to start the rules? Okay, let's move forward to see. Uh, I said let's move yeah, to yes. um, stop section six. 
um, owners and directors. Are you there? Yes, would that mean significant interest 5.6? Did you say 5.6? No, I said yes, section six. Section six. Okay, section six. Okay. Yeah. Owners and directors. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um there's it talks about um, owners and directors, disqualifying events. A person shall be disqualified from acting as a director and no club shall be permitted to have any person as a director of that club if either directly or indirectly is involved in or has any power to determine or influence the management or administration of another club. Um, either directly or indirectly he holds or acquires any significant interest in the club while he either directly or indirectly holds any interest in any class of shares of another club. It becomes prohibited by law from being a director, including without invitation, as a result of being subject to exclusion by the provisions of the Company and Allied Matters Act. Let me, so, so we don't bore our listeners. Let me just go straight to the point. And it's, I still go back to Aqua United and Aqua yes. Standards, Eimba and Abia Warriors. Okay. Um, Worry Wolves and Delta Force, even though that one has been somehow taken care of, right? The LNC rules are clear that okay. you can't have you can't have somebody own more than one club. A major shareholder or investor yes. cannot own more than a club. Yes, it is clear. Yeah. So, but why do we quietly and tactfully, why do we quietly and tactfully close their eyes to that rule that is clearly stated in there? Okay. Um, it, it all boils down to what we've been you know, talking about since the beginning of this podcast. Quite a number of these provisions are not even followed at all. Now, in fact, there are quite a number of clubs in Nigeria. If I go to the examples which I mentioned, there are quite a number of clubs in Nigeria that are not even registered as a corporate entity. Yeah, I remember you Let said that one time. Yes. Let alone talking about shares or who are significant shares and those of them. For instance, Sunshine Stars Football Club. I am very certain because I carried out the public search on CSS website does not have, is not registered with the CSE as a corporate entity. So how will, if, if the, such a club is not registered, how do we then start to talk about who is a director of such a club or who has significant interest and number of shares in that club and the rest of them? So it's like a domino effect, sort of, because when things are bad from the beginning, then some of the other provisions will be very difficult to even um, comply with. Having said that, let's even go to the instances of clubs that are registered as companies, that are registered as corporate entities with the CSE. I wouldn't know if, I know Inuba is owned by Abia State Government. I wouldn't know if they are registered with um, the Corporate Affairs Commission. But comparing, assuming they are registered with the Corporate Affairs Commission, let's uh, uh, 
going to look at it starts with you are giving saying there is someone who owns or their persons who are directors in more than one of such clubs. No, what I'm saying is high time some of the other clubs. So I'm not saying that there are multiple one director being a director. I'm saying the ownership of the clubs is clear that it's owned by one person, one body. So in the case of Eniba and Abia Warriors, the club is owned by the Abia State Government. The State Government. Aqua United and Dakada now are owned by the Aquaibom State Government. Aquaibom State Government. Okay. Right? (laughs) Warrior Wolves. Okay, that's clear now. Yeah, Warrior Wolves and Delta Force, but they've sorted that out with Delta, which I'm also going to talk about. Delta Force, the Delta Force to Quarry United team, we're also going to discuss that. So I'm saying that the rules are clear that you shouldn't have one owner should not have multiple should not own more than one club but in this case we can see that you know that they own more than one club and why that's why is it hard for the LMC to follow this rule that they have written by themselves and tell the clubs, Dakadao, Abia, or whichever one, governments divest from these clubs. Interesting, one of the clubs. Yeah, divest from one of these clubs, let the private sector take it over, or a state government can, another state government can come and take it over. You understand? Yes. It's not rocket science, is it? It isn't. Now, well, the, the question would have to be directed to the powers that be because uh, we don't know why they find it difficult. Unfortunately, unfortunately, keeps avoiding us. He refused to come to one of the shows that I'm that I'm a part of to answer some of these questions. He, he's consistently refused to to. Uh, now, I think some of all the other clubs even have powers, you know, the responsibility lies on them to take action. So, for instance, uh, it's very obvious why such a provision has been made, and that is to ensure the integrity of the game and the league, such that a club would not have the ability to influence the results of another club, which they both own, that would not affect some other, you know, yeah. Clubs. Just now, imagine. I am a club. Just imagine Aqua United are going for the league title, and the last game of the season uh, is against Akada. Is against Akastalit. Just imagine that. Yes, obviously we, there will be a compromise. Of course, there will be a compromise. There will, be a compromise. will Dakada stop Aqua United from winning the league? No. When he's owned by the same, when he's owned by the same yeah. Okay, let let let's. Move. I think if the LMC would not take action, yeah. Can I just mention something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if, if the LMC would not take actions, what should be done is for some of the clubs that are properly registered 
as corporate entities and mm-hmm. partake in the league because obviously they are stakeholders they should take legal action now if i were a club owner and i know for our club we do all the right things mm-hmm. what can be done is you can table such a petition to maybe the nigerian football federation now obviously it wouldn't be right to force a coach to regular courts being that you know fifa statute the nfs statute yeah. says um football disputes should not be taken for regular courts yeah. except employment disputes anyway mm-hmm. if one table such a petition before the nfl that would now be uh, a suit between let's say abc football club and yeah. the big management company and the clubs the clubs that are jointly owned by the same government hmm. now if such a petition is tabled it will now build on the nff to decide whether lmc by their rules have done right by having the same government have more than a club owned by them now if the nff does not act as sometimes is usually the case because there are times that we written you know petitions to the nff in respect of certain disputes that one would expect that a committee should be convened for such a dispute to be yeah. if they do not act then such a club can approach a regular court saying that what the lmc have done and which they continue to do is against the rules of the league and which directly or indirectly will affect the interest of that club who is suing now because if the rules have been said saying that no entity and in the instance of uh, which which has been given aqua united and dakada that is being owned by the same government if they allow such a thing to continue there's no way to actually affect the interest of some other clubs that are complying with the provisions of the lmc and so, the like integrity said, of the competition the continues to of the competition because um, that's part of what will attract sponsors whether you comply with your with your with your regulations or not so if you don't comply these are some of the things which sponsors will look at so if clubs take such an action perhaps that would make the lmc sit up and tell such maybe government owned clubs that see you would have to choose either this club or the other club mm-hmm. and perhaps one can move on from there but the clubs cannot expect maybe someone like me who has no interest whatsoever because yeah. the court will ask what locals do you have in such a matter it, the, the, the clubs cannot expect a third party that is not a owner of the club to take such actions on their behalf so what you're telling me now is that this is an action that can be fought by the other participating clubs in the mpfl exactly they are the ones that can take up this matter to uh, the NFF, so they yeah, to the NFF and say, so if one fulfills the such a gov- uh, such government owned clubs to comply by choosing either club A or club B, but for them to fold their hands and sit down, <coughs> that means they will be um, cooperating with the LMC to continue to breach provisions of its regulations. Just to make it clear, uh, the section that particularly speaks about it is dual interest. That's uh, section 11, subsection 11.4, which says no person may either directly or indirectly be involved in or have any power to determine or influence the management or administration of more than one club. 11.5 says no person may either directly or indirectly hold or acquire any significant interest in a club while such person either directly or indirectly holds another 
holds any holding in another club. So that is the section that actually pays uh, that references um, um, what's it called? Uh, dual ownership. Yeah. So, so 11.6 also says the club shall not either directly or indirectly issue shares of any description or grant any holding to any person that either directly or indirectly already holds a significant interest in another club. Okay, so let's move over to um, let's do pre-match, pre-match, um, pre-match procedures. And if, if I may just mention something, yeah. sorry to take. Yeah. Back. Now, I think what the government should do, governments that own that one club is, if any of their second team does so well that they get promoted to the first division, what they are supposed to do is to have such a slot sold or to remain in that lower league. And that's what happens in La Liga. For instance, for... Yeah, Barcelona cannot, uh, or Zabi cannot be promoted. Yes, cannot be promoted. That Those are leagues that obey such regulations. So even if they do so well, and they get promoted to the first division, those two teams cannot or should not be allowed to compete in the same league. So even if, let's say, um, Dakada FC did so well and they got promoted, they should have remained in the lower league. So we, we cannot answer. Just want to mention that. Oh, okay. Okay, let's quickly, uh, let's first, let's quickly go to uh, coaching qualifications, right? All right, so the in subsection, subsections of the LMC regulation says, except as provided in a rule A5 uh, 3.13, each manager or coach shall either hold or have commenced and be actively engaged in the requisite course to obtain a valid Cal B license or hold. Section no, I think it's still section A, but subsection six point six. Coaching qualifications. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or have commenced and be actively engaged in the requisite course to obtain a valid coaching qualification of a similar standard. No club. Now sub this is subsection six percent. No club shall employ any person as a manager or coach who does not hold the above qualifications. Yes. Uh, just before the start of the season, uh, CAF came out with a pronouncement that if you don't have the CAF A license, you cannot sit on the bench for a CAF uh, continental game. And I remember Ladamboso, who I think is the chairman of the Nigerian Coaches Association, came out asking that CAF should give them more time. What this tells me, and okay. what this okay. tells me is that we have um, an issue where our people are um, don't have this qualification, but they sit on the bench. That's true. And, and it's only probably when they get involved in intercontinental games. Then there's an issue. Get, uh, Why? How hard is it so to to actually ensure that you know the rules are followed? I don't. I don't. I don't get it. 
I think we I think we have this uh, I say mentality of maybe someone knows someone in Nigeria sort of even outside of the sports industry but sometimes you find out that the cause of this may be that a coach who is not so qualified mm. uh, knows someone who could help them you know get accepted into the coaching style of a particular club without having the necessary license rather than strictly following the provisions of the regulations we we we, we, we sometimes wave such aside we shouldn't be so it shouldn't be so difficult if one actually wants or desires to be in a particular profession and carry out a job then you should be able to sit and have the necessary qualification because it will also rub off on the quality of the league the performances of the player and just because you cannot give what you don't have it's not all about uh, having played football at one time or the other or having observed how it is being done because if that's all that needs to be done then very top players in European leagues would not even need to go for their coaching badges. Exactly. Because the badges, sorry, they can as they can as well just you know go ahead to coach such teams. But the fact is that when they attend such programs, there are certain things, certain, uh, certain uh, knowledge that will be imparted on them, which are very necessary. And it's uh, I think it's no coincidence that we see such leagues, you know, having better quality of play than uh, what we have in the Nigerian league. I'm, I'm also trying to look for there's a section that says okay they said uh, in section A uh, 5.3.13 you know I don't know how you lawyers do all this quoting or this your quotation without prejudice okay. to B6.6 proof of at least a calf B calf license B certificate for the head coach take advisor slash manager of the club and at least a proof of a calf C light certificate for all other coaches and assistants, including goalkeeper trainers, provided that the LMC may issue a waiver in special circumstances such as for ex-internationals and experienced coaches upon such condition as LMC would give. So what they've done here is that they've kind of um, exercising the waiver, putting a waiver there that. In some cases, you know, you can give away a but my problem here is you put a regulation here in your in your status and but nothing is being done in educating these coaches. Now, for instance, the last time, and I, I could be wrong, I always say that I don't know everything. The last time the Cal C license course was done in Nigeria was in 2017. That is almost three years ago. Okay. Okay, go. They are not doing anything. Which is a long time. It's a long time. We are not churning out a long time. new young coaches. We are still so dependent coaches. on our NIS to do their basic and uh, the advanced courses, which, as we know, if you have those, you can't, you shouldn't be, it's not adequate for you to be able to sit on the bench of. Uh, of an MPFL team. That's true. In fact, I, I, I even have an issue with the proviso of that 5.3.13. Uh, 
Now, at the beginning, it gives uh, the requirements which a coach must have, the have license B and have license C. Yeah. And it says that the LMC now has the power <clears throat> to issue a waiver in special circumstances for such uh, such as ex-internationals and experienced coaches. In my own view, I, I think that is quite ambiguous. Hmm. Now, you can have an ex-international who has only uh, represented Nigeria once. He's <laughs> an ex-international. He's an ex-international. Yes. Then how do you define an experienced international? Yes, they, I think and even for experienced coaches, that's quite ambiguous because uh, experienced coaches is subjective. How, <laughs> how can you determine when somebody is an experienced coach and somebody is not? I think what should be done is, even if there should be such a waiver, for ex-internationals, there should probably be a minimum number of cap, maybe caps. Maybe for an ex-international who has maybe a minimum of social number of caps. And uh, maybe even for experienced coaches, who maybe have experience or maybe at least five years or maybe six years, at least there should be a peg so that it's not left too open-ended. That somebody who has probably paid just a match or somebody who maybe has an experience for maybe just two years may be deemed experienced enough. And for people who may qualify as ex-internationals and experienced coaches, I think they should be a requirement that at that time that that waiver is being exercised, they have begun the process of obtaining such a license. And this is what I think obtains in the European leagues. Now, there are circumstances where ex-players may be allowed to take over of these, but there's usually the requirement of them having begun yes. maybe such a process of obtaining their license. But to leave such a waiver uh, without such a requirement of beginning the process, I, I don't think that would be nice because somebody who's granted a waiver may continue to coach for as long for as, as, long as well. Yeah. without taking any step yeah, to, to acquire such a license, which would not be good for the league as well. So perhaps such a regulation, uh, that provision may be amended. There should be like a, a, a benchmark of who is our next international, who is an experienced coach. And such a person must have maybe begun or about to begin, maybe within five years or uh, sorry, five months or such a waiver, is maybe coaching uh, education. My own view. Yeah, I, I, I get you. I get you. Uh, let's quickly move to the part that I know you, you are very, very, uh, you hold dearly and it's critical to your business. And that has to do with contracts of employment and registration. I think it's uh, section A. Uh, let's see, that's section A, subsection six. Okay. Is it? Okay, sorry, section B, sorry. Section B, subsection six, 6.1. 610 uh, 6.10 uh, 6. ah man thank god i didn't study law so, <laughs> section b 6.2 okay i'm yeah. yeah contracts of employment and registration yes registration yes no club yeah. shall employ yeah. any person as a manager or coach unless and until 
the terms of the managers or coaches' employment is in a written contract of employment between the club the, and the manager or the coach. And the manager or the coach contract of employment has been registered with the league. And let's focus on that part because I have a, an example. Uh, I think two weeks ago on on, on the show that I'm on, Sport Zone on Lagos Talks 991.3, we interviewed Kennedy Boboye, who had just been uh, appointed coach of Aqua United. Right? Okay. And he yes. told us point blank that he doesn't have a contract with the club. Wow. wow. And we were like, ah, how can you not have a contract? He said, well, somebody called him and you know, you know how maybe you have somebody that is very uh, important to you that you can't say no to. Yeah. You know, yes. it's that kind of person called him that's come and blah 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 blah. That he doesn't have any contract, hasn't signed anything, and uh, in fact, at Christmas they gave him two hundred thousand. That he told them to keep it. That New Year they brought another two hundred thousand. He told them to keep it. You know, and I'm like. The NMC can't tell me that they are not aware that Kennedy Boboye does not have a contract. That's true. So, because uh, it's stated there, the manager or coach contract has been registered with the league. So, Boboye sits on the bench. The NMC doesn't have a copy of his contract. The contract has not been registered with the LMC, but he's sitting on the bench. Which is clearly against uh, the provisions of the regulations. Yes. It's, it's, it's quite unfortunate. And I don't think any player or any manager or coach should even allow such a thing to happen. Because if there's any dispute between the manager or the coach and the club, on what basis will the person be able to take legal action? Obviously. Yeah. Even if the LMC, even if the LMC are inept in uh, probably the application of their own rules, it builds on each manager or the coach to speaking generally now in no particular mm-hmm. person to make sure that they have an employment contract. Make sure they have an employment contract. Hmm. Well, in fact, if you problem. look at the section, yes, the section six point one one. That's the uh, the following provision. contents of contract of employment. Yes, it even says the relevant standard clauses because there's a template manager's contract in these LMC regulations. So clearly, the prov- the regulation even says the relevant standard clauses as already included in this regulation should be in such an employment contract. Whereas there, there's no such employment contract. And the guy is working. He went on a six-game. Uh, on beaten streak, he just lost uh, this midweek at home to uh, who came to be there? Quite United came to be them at home. His first loss was to Kuma. So now imagine if he loses his next game, chances are they can tell him to go. To go, and there wouldn't be any any. Basis and there won't be any basis for him to seek or ask for compensation. That's true. That's true. Even the regulation says that there should be a register of managers and coaches. Yeah, it's there. Employment. Yes, the NMC can't tell me they don't know this. 
would know because it was drafted by the LMC and not by any other party. <laughs> you know, going back to the Dakara thing, going back to the Dakara thing, if you go and look at the, at the Wikipedia page for Dakara, it is clearly stated that they are owned by the Aquarium of State Government. There is also stated the, the date that they changed the name. I think it's the 13th of October or 31st of October or something like that. And then the LMC responded December 13th or something. Approving. <laughs> approving. So you can have a situation where the is six months. Six months. Oh my yes. God. You know, I was, I was hoping that I won't have any discussion discussing this. I think I'm about to have it. You know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Very unfortunate, and I I don't think we're going to, we're heading anywhere, you know, as the league is constituted under the leadership that it is um, that it is on. I don't think we are heading in that um, in that direction because how can you have these are little 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 things that you know need to be taken care of. But um, it seems as if we're not. Um... I think. Uh, yeah. I, I think it would have to really start with the clubs. Look at many clubs in the MPFL. Quite a number of them, when one looks at the structure of their formation, are not even in compliance with the provisions of the LMC rules. Yeah. Let's look at a scenario where maybe a club is properly registered. They do all they are supposed to do as per the LMC rules. Mm. Quite a number of them would have the the uh, the confidence to take action exactly. to enforce compliance by the LMC. Mm. Now, if I have done everything I'm supposed to do as a club owner, and I see some lapses by uh, the LMC or mm. maybe some other body, then I would have the confidence to be able to say this is what the regulation provides and that there should be a compliance with it. Or in the event that my club is not even registered with the CAC, in, which is in contravention of the uh, framework and rules of the MPFL, I wouldn't have the guts to confront the LMC and say, oh, certain provisions have not been complied with. So I think that responsibility is on a, a lot of um, stakeholders, the LMC being the chief uh, chief uh, party and even the club owners i think if the nigerian premier uh, professional football league is to be taken to greater heights then every stakeholder should try to do what they are supposed to do in compliance with the regulations of, of the league do you, do you let me let me take your let, let me just quickly look at something um that came up a while ago and it, it's also stated in their regulations here pretty much uh, procedures. Part of the responsibility of the referee is to ensure that the player's strips comply with the provisions of these rules, as well as logos, marks, etc., or sponsors, and rights owners as required by the LFC. Now, there was a game some weeks ago where I think uh, two clubs, their okay. strip, their jerseys clashed. Hmm. Right? And one of them had to wear bibs. Over the jerseys. Over the jerseys. And that game went on. 
And unless I'm wrong, unless the LMC says something tomorrow, nothing was said about that thing. And I'm looking at the regulations and he's saying that that match should not have gone on if their strips does not comply. I mean, ensure that the players' strips yes. comply with provisions of, of these rules. Exactly. That game went on. They wore bibs. A professional football league. Which is, which is very wrong. Because uh, if one is trying to brand the league and the teams, having bibs won over the jerseys of an official match, not even a friendly, not a training. I swear, that's totally wrong. if I was a brand, totally and maybe for some reason, that thing that had to wear that bib, imagine if my brand logo was on their jersey. That would have been covered. And they now covered it. Do you know there's a section Which in the LMC mean? rules that says that the clubs give LMC 10% of any sponsorship deal that they get. That they get? Yeah. Oh. I'm sure that's why the clubs are that's, not doing that to do for sponsors. Sponsors? Well, but, <laughs> yes, if, if they actually doing well, if they actually doing well themselves, I, I don't think that should stop clubs, really. I, yeah, because... They, probably they are just not attractive enough no. to even attract sponsors. Even the, the LMC themselves can't get sponsor. Sponsors? Hmm? They can't get sponsors. That's true. So what is the motivation for what is the motivation for the club to go and get sponsor when the league body can't get sponsor? That's true. Let's go to players' remuneration yes. as we, as we try to as we try to round up. Let's go to players' remuneration so that we don't flog it too much. Uh, the, you have experience looking at uh, MPFL contracts, so I don't know. You can tell me if that's true if this regulation is followed because I have suspicions or it is alleged that this uh, um, regulation is not followed. Um, player's regulation is, uh, I think, subsection 4, uh, subsection 9.42. I think it should be section B. It says, uh, the minimum monthly wage for any player shall not be less than 150000 or as the board may decide from time to time. The stipulated minimum wage shall be payable only to a minimum of 25 of the total number of players registered by the club with the league. Full details of player remuneration, including all benefits to which he is entitled, whether in cash or in kind, shall be set out in his contract. Tosi, help me. And, and is this section of the okay. not being followed? I would say not totally. Because to even begin with, there are some players who you have conversations with mm-hmm. that do not have a written contract with a club mm-hmm. in the first place. Some don't even... So some of them are actually left at the mercy of a club as per how much they will be paid. Because sometimes when they want to enforce, uh, sorry, to recover their remunerations and you ask them, okay, where is the copy of the contract? Some don't have them. Some would say they do not have, or they, were, they never signed, or they were never given, hmm. which is very wrong. Now, 
as regards four points, sorry, nine point four point two. All the players which um, I've actually had contact with have actually earned far above one fifty thousand naira per month. Some men as much as maybe 500, 550. Yeah. What I may not be able to answer is whether such clubs comply with the provision of 9.4.3. Because for me to be able to answer that, mm. then that means I must be privy to, to the all the contracts of their players to know if they have a minimum of 25. Is that clubs don't usually comply with the provisions of uh, of the regulations? I wouldn't be surprised. To find players who earn less than the one fifty thousand naira, and who such clubs have actually registered more than twenty five players with the league. Well, it's, now, it's rumored it's, that um, it is rumored and alleged. Abi, I'm correct to say that, right? Yes, alleged. Yes. Clubs like MFM, for instance, don't pay enough fifty thousand as minimum wage for their players. I've heard. It's been rumored, it's been alleged that they pay as low as 30, 40, 50,000 for their players. I don't know how to. Um, but if they actually have at least 25 other players that end as least 150,000, yeah. then they will still be in compliance with the uh, provisions of regulation. Oh, I see. Because the regulation, yes, the regulation does not say all the players must earn more than 150,000. What this is a minimum of 25. Five players. Okay. So it's possible okay. that uh, 25 players earn at least 150,000 naira. Okay. Uh, maybe six other players earn 40,000 or 30,000. Oh. That wouldn't be in regulation. Yes. Okay. 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 It's just that they must have at least 25, 25 players. who are earning so that, that amount. That, yes. It's only if they don't have up to 25 players and they have other players within the 25. That end lesser than one thousand naira per month, then that's when there will be a contravention of, of the uh, LMC rules. Mm. And going further to nine point four point four, a breach of this provision is very common. Apart from the monthly salary that usually promised players, you find some players uh, being promised bonuses for away wins for. Um, uh, uh, home, home wins and the rest of them, or maybe even for goal bonuses not included in their contract. And the LMC rule says that there should be a full details of a player's remuneration because uh, by the def- definition of remuneration by FIFA uh, decisions, remuneration includes every kind of benefit that a player is entitled to. In fact, in respect of international players, Traveling tickets, return tickets, maybe accommodation and rest of them are part of the remuneration of the player. But you find out that some players don't have such included in their contract, maybe as per accommodation or maybe go bonuses or bonuses for away wins and rest of them. So whenever one wants to enforce such a contract, it makes it, uh, sorry, enforce the payment of such bonuses and rest of them. It makes it, it makes it a bit difficult because some of them are not expressly stated in the contract, and we shouldn't be so. We shouldn't be so. 
It says that the minimum length of a contract between a club and a player shall be from a effective date till the end of the season, while the maximum length shall be five years, provided that the player is under the age of 18, shall not sign or be bound to a professional contract for a term longer than two years. Hmm. Yes, uh, this is actually an amendment because if uh, if one looks at the previous provision of the LMC rules, it used to be that players can sign contracts less than three years. And that's what uh, quite a number of Nigerian clubs usually capitalize on to uh, tie their players down to longer contracts. But this provision which you have just read is something that is not known to quite a number of players. And if any player is listening, I think this information is very vital to them. Now, there was a player who we were involved in this transfer to a club, which I wouldn't mention uh, at the beginning of the season. The club wanted to insist that he should sign a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. What the player wanted was a year contract, just a year contract to see how um, he fares at the club because they were not even going to pay a sign-on fee and things like that. So he wanted a one-year contract and the club were trying to say that the LMC would not allow the registration of any contract lower than three years and that that's what even the, the rule says. And we had to tell the player that, see, that's what the former rule the former regulation provides that the present regulation which applies uh, to date which is the 2018-2019 regulation allows you to have a one-year contract in fact you could sign a contract three months prior to the end of the season or maybe six months prior to the end of this of the season and the contract will end at the end of that season so technically you can sign a six-month contract as long as that contract ends at the end of that season so if there's a player who wants to sign with a club and maybe such a club is trying to rely on informal provisions, especially because of their own interest to have the player tied down to a longer contract, perhaps because of the quality of that player, such a player should be able to rely on this provision that see, I can sign a contract from any point till the end of the season, which technically is a one-year contract. It's a one-year contract. It's only... Uh, Yes, and the maximum, from what you have read, the maximum uh, length of the contract for any player lower than 18 years is uh, it's a two year contract. It's two years. It's two years. Okay, finally, let's uh, round up. Audited annual reports. They're laughing. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because uh, it will almost be like saying the same thing all over and over again. Because a club is. Let's get to the provision. Does <laughs> 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 it laugh? Hey, they said the clubs. Uh, I think that's uh, s- s- section A, subsection five. Point three point one five. Okay. Um, yes. So we're supposed Auditive. to provide to the LMC an audited annual report and club management account for the immediate past season. This is the responsibility of a, of a club. Exactly. 
because it's even part of uh, it's even part of the rest part of the uh, prerequisite of being registered for the yeah, season. For the season. And obviously, uh, how many clubs even have an honor report? How much more it's being audited and being submitted to to the uh, league management company? It's quite so unfortunate. They, so many provisions are usually not. Do they keep accounts? That's even the question. Section That's 5. Subsection 5.3 says a club shall be eligible and registered to participate in the league only. Keyword being only upon only. meeting. There's no exception. Yeah, upon meeting the club licensing requirements and being issued a club license under the club licensing regulations including that the That's club the club and as far as that goes is listed but the one that is of importance to me is um for them to be duly to do their audited accounts <laughs> and submit to the nmc and note he did say it is say audited annual report or is audited annual report and and club is two together yes it say or so you could have a management account right that is not audited no, and not have audited yes. account but this one is has to be so once you have an audited report it's, it's as good as you know you've met so this just probably leads students to the fact that even our clubs are not well registered. Oh yes, and I think uh, the spirit behind this provision is that the LMC ordinarily would want to make sure that any club that is participating in a football league season actually <coughs> has the financial capability to be able to partake. Now, assuming let's assume this provision is usually complied with. That the LMC would have to ask for the audited and a report of the club and and the club accounts mm. from the past season. The LMC will be able to adjudge if that club has the financial strength to be able to meet up with its financial obligations. For instance, payments of uh, salaries of players, of coaches, and rest of them. So it's like a domino effect. Now, when such an audited report is not given and the club does not provide its uh, uh, it's management account. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. I just scroll down now. Please look at subsection 5.3.25. 5.3.25. Okay. Shall adopt modern media Shall and communication modern, standards, okay. including the operation of a club website. Please, how many of our clubs have websites? Email. Email. And yes, quite a number of them have emails. No, no, no. Wait, just wait. Club website, email, okay. and the use of other social media platforms. Sure. So it's not all, it's collective. And it's yes, everything collective. together. Whether that NMC shall have the right to use links such as hyperlinks from this from his own website or social media platform to those from the club. Now, final one, because final one. Shall, this is five five point three point two six. Obtain okay. and deposit 
an irrevocable debt financial performance guarantee. financial such a sum as shall be prescribed by the NFC commensurate with the anticipated financial obligation as a performance guarantee which shall subsist during the league season and which also will be in control of the league for deduction of penalties in the event of any breach in payment of player salary, disciplinary measures, penalty payments, non-compliance of hold on, non-compliance of any club of these rules may attract a sanction of up to six points deduction at the retoning of any sum due to the club. You know what? I think I think we should back up this conversation because we are not running a league we are playing organized sets because many year in year out you hear player salary being owed and if at least I, I, I did banking for 13 years and I know oh, that's a long time that if you have an irrevocable anything that is irrevocable guarantee you have no recourse to the party that gave you that guarantee you do not need to speak to that party all you need to do is just give it to your bank the bank will tender it to the to the bank that issued the guarantee and you will be paid exactly there will be no back and forth what this tells me right is that this rule this section Section 5.3.26, they don't even look at it. Show the and in fact, there's something and people can prove me wrong and say that yes, clubs deposit this irrevocable, defeasible financial performance guarantee with financial them every season. I make bold to and I challenge them to show it to me. Obviously, there's not likely to be such and. Uh, this is from this provision. It can actually even uh, bring some sort of uh, liability on the LMC. I foresee a time that if quite a number of these provisions are not enforced by the LMC, particularly, let's say, for example, this 5.3.26, if a party approaches, uh, let's say, wants to recover its salaries, uh, areas of its salaries, let's say, approaches the LMC and, mm. the LMC, and mm. there was no such response from no no action was taken by them and such a player goes before the regular court mm. now the player can join the lmc yes as a party to the suits exactly for instance the player the player will be suing the club for and the lmc the payment of the areas of salary but suing the lmc for having allowed such a club that ordinarily should not be allowed to participate because of the non-fulfillment of this 5.3.26 to participate in the league, which has caused the player to sign for them because such can be constructed in such a way. Now, if the LMC had not allowed such a club to participate, then perhaps the player would have signed for them because the player would, would ordinarily assume that all the provisions of the LMC regulations are being complied with and that for the club to have been allowed to participate is because they have fulfilled all these conditions such that even if they owe him, he will be able to get um, his money paid through the irrevocable financial performance guarantee. 
So I think at some point the, the LMC needs to start making sure that their regulations are complied with because being a registered body itself, that's the LMC. If players begin, players, coaches, and rest of them begin to go for regular courts, they may to an extent share somebody. Yeah. Share somebody because of their failure to comply with the provisions of its regulations. Because they will be they will be seen as being complicit in the indebtedness of those clubs in a way. Well, like I said, we have spent a lot of time on this matter, and that's why I said we'll divide it into two parts. Um, hopefully, next week we should be able to look at uh, other sections and other provisions in the LMC statutes. We have, I think, we've been on for more than an hour. This is extensive. Uh, yes, Tosi, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, we will it's get there. It's my, it's my prayer that we will get there. We Nigerians like to pray. Uh, we'll, we'll, be praying. We'll, be we'll be praying. praying for forever, time. Abby. <laughs> so that's why people like <laughs> we'll us. For a long time. That's why people like us are doing this, so that it's a call to a call to action that hopefully will be heard across board and across um, um, every section. Of the football or sports industry, sports industry in Nigeria. Uh, thank you very much, Tosi, for coming to Night and a Little Extra. Hopefully, we'll have you again next week. Thank to you very much. Dissect yeah. other parts of the LMC uh, regulations. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure being here. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been Night and a Little Extra. Right. My name is Adeyemi Adesoya. You can follow me on Twitter at yemitcm442. You can follow uh, the podcast on uh, Twitter at 90 and Extra. Uh, podcast will be up on SoundCloud, iTunes, and um, also we're looking to get it on another platform. Uh, Tosi, what's your Twitter yes, handle so yeah. people can follow you and your and your firm's Twitter handle as well? Um, my personal Twitter handle is Akiyemi ESQ together. Akiyemi ESQ and Yes, Esquire, but shortened as yeah. an ESQ. And for the firm, Sports Licitos. Sports, then Licitos. L-I-C-I-T-O-R-S. Sports Licitos. All right. Thank you for listening. This is all we can take on 92 Extra for this week. Hopefully, we'll be back again next week for another episode. Thank you for joining us and God bless.